I'm Hayden. Welcome back to the Benevolent Business. You can introduce yourself now as your like, co-host, basically. I oh, know. Why am I uncomfortable now? Just say hi. I'm Morgan. Hi, I'm Morgan. Cool. <laughs> this week, our theme is businesses versus cost of living crisis. <laughs> given that. I'm quite giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. This week, our theme is cost of living crisis, businesses versus cost of living crisis. So all things around market spending, employee wages and such. So you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. First one. I feel, I've, I feel I've reached a bit of a bottleneck. I've got new equipment I'm saving for that will increase my margins by 20%, but it's expensive. I'm trying to save up. But expenses just keep popping up and with the cost of living crisis all the overheads and cost of sales are climbing higher making it harder to save any ideas how i can save quicker it increases profit margins by 20 percent mm-hmm so whatever it is so you can but sorry there's a bit of kit you can buy and it will increase his profit margin by 20 percent so basically he's getting something potentially for cheaper but it's more expensive i'm confused so the whole principle is whatever business they run they're obviously using equipment and there's a piece of equipment that they want to get that will mean that it's going to make the okay, process so it's, more it's efficient. More, the kit's more expensive. But so it's an expensive piece efficient. of kit that they're right. saving up for, yeah. I don't know. So okay, I'll just make up, know. like, uh, I know a printer who's, like, similar thing of uh, their printing business. For years, they've just bought more and more equipment. But they were saying, like, some of the gear they're buying is, like, 20 grand. 20 grand. 20 grand. I, was gonna, I went to say 2025 at the same time, so it kind of came out as, like, 24. But yeah, they would buy equipment that's, like, 20 grand. But it would mean that the printing process would suddenly become so much faster. They could do 10 times as much work in half the time kind of thing. Yeah. But obviously, the problem is coming up with 20 grand. I mean, my first thought here is do you need to have all the money can you not borrow it or look at grants so one big thing is obviously with cost of living crisis coincided with like inflation rates is the problem is borrowing money is so expensive but look at if they're saying it will increase their margins by 20 percent what are your current margins now what would the loan be on purchasing this piece of equipment and do the maths on how long would you need the loan for what would you be paying in interest? How does that match up against the new increase in margins? Because if it means that it's going to outweigh the margins, then it's not worth it. You need to save up. Whereas if you can borrow the money and then you're going to make more in profit, yeah. more in new profit than you are you're paying in interest, then go borrow the money for yeah, 8% think... annual interest. Yeah, see if there's anything available like that. Mm. Yeah, and I think... I get this though, because I was always like this. I never wanted to borrow money for a long time. And I still, I haven't really borrowed much money. Anything I've done is the bounce back loan, which I just took out, had it sitting there and then paid back and I made money off of it in the end because I didn't have to pay back so much. But I was always a similar thing of, I never wanted to borrow money. I wanted to just buy the equipment as and when I had the capital. But I wasn't doing that when it was a cost of living crisis and all the bills are going up and up and up. So mm. it's... The other thing I can think is if what you're buying is replacing something else is to see if you can sell the other thing. Well, yeah, so it might be you could trade in and like if you've got some equipment that you're looking to get rid of in order to replace it, as you said, trade it in. See yeah, if you can... and just maybe see if you can think a little bit smarter with like the electricity that's used in your office or warehouse, wherever you are. or um, Cut back on expenses. Cut back on expenses. Yeah, just see if there's like a... Um... Oh, what's the phrase? Um... 
work smarter, not harder. See if there's anything you can put in place for that. Well, yeah, I suppose then look to like increase revenues and such. Can you do more high margin work? Like what work are you doing and what brings in the highest margins? Can you do more of that stuff to bring in more capital quicker? But I think look into grants as well because there are so many different options for grants depending where you're based. Uh, like here in Kent, there's probably a good dozen or so grants you can apply for like right now that are running. Yeah. Whether it will be like partially funded or it's... A lot of them, are, well, grants are all quite often retrospective, so you need to have the money up front and then you get the money back. So you could you could balance a grant with a loan, which can work. It's loads of paperwork. But I think my... It's also as well, it depends on the industry. Is if, it's, if you're like an office worker and you've got office staff and things like that, I mean, obviously we all learned this post-lockdown, most people can work from home and like that cuts costs for you in the office. Yeah. And also, I don't know if they do it now, but I know they did it during lockdown when there was like a government um, like tax relief if you had to work from home during lockdown and you like you yeah. changed your. I don't I don't know if that's still a thing now or if there's something equivalent now to that. Um, but that obviously cuts costs down for the office, and then just yeah. sort of like bring in stuff like making sure you turn your screens off before you leave the office, make sure the lights go out, set a timer for kit that needs to be on from I don't know six a.m. to six p.m. Mm. Like just things like that. Yeah, and I think perhaps even something could be look at, it depends what relationships you've got, but could you co-purchase? So like with my garden company, one of my best mates runs a garden company. So if there was the event where we both needed a piece of equipment, it could be an option where we, yeah. where we yeah, go like, should we go halves in this? And then just as and when each other needs it, we just store it, like when you're using it, it just be stored with you. And then when the other person needs it, you just take it. That might cause a bit of conflict, but I mean like the relationship I have with my friend, it's just a case of we haven't done that, but there's equipment that I've got that they don't have and vice versa. And it's very easy for us just to say, oh look, I need to borrow your piece of equipment. Are you right for borrow it on Wednesday or next week? And I think for both of us, we'll go out of our way and make it an inconvenience, even if it inconveniences us to help out the other person, just because we always know when it it's the other way around, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be something where if someone in the same industry as you is going to need that piece of equipment as well, could you do some kind of deal where you both purchase it? I think that'd be, if it's a huge piece of equipment that's going to be sat in a location, that might be difficult. It might be something just to, if it's a piece of niche equipment in your industry that a lot of people wouldn't have and couldn't necessarily afford, is start to market to those other people like going back to when I referenced printing, if you're going to have a new piece of printing machinery that can do something quite unique, get in touch with all the printers in your area and let them know, like build that relationship. So you're going to have that piece of equipment so they can outsource. If they like, if they're rejecting works and the inquiries that are coming in, they can then outsource it to you and just sub it in. So then it can, it just means that when you get that equipment, you're trying to ensure that it's going to be running as much as possible to bring in those, that 20% margin. Could it, could it, increase margins even better if it's running even more and running constantly so i think don't be put off uh, my personal i don't want your vote but my vote is look to borrow the money like look at available grants look at available loans and see if you can do something with the two together it might take you a few months to go through all the application the paperwork but given that they're saying they can't save the money anyway a few months isn't going to be too much well, I think the question, wasn't it um any ideas how i can save, save quicker, quicker which I I suppose well, I'm restructuring the question to say I don't think you should necessarily look at saving quicker. I think you should look at what other options are there to 
well, get I mean, that piece of equipment in your bit of kit is going to make your profit margins go up by 20%. It sounds like the quickest way to, to like get that money back in is by getting the kit sooner. That's what, yeah, so, that's why I'm saying borrowing the money. Because if you're going to get more money, you're going to be able to pay off, you're going to be able to get the loan and pay it off much easier than you are to save up the money. Yeah. So, what's your vote? Yeah. Okay, same as me. Yeah, borrow the money. But as I said, I can empathise where they come from because I never liked the idea of using debt to purchase something and having that liability. But it's it's good debt, it's not a bad debt. This debt is going to make you more money. Next one. Do you want to read any out today? Mm, you do most of them, we'll see how I feel. Okay, tools being lost. I've teams going out to sites, we use a lot of fiddly small equipment and one growing issue is that tools are getting lost, left behind on sites. I trust my team and believe no one is stealing Plus, on our lost tool entry, it's fairly even between everyone. Pretty good to have a lost tool entry. We keep teams to their own vehicle, but it's a frustrating problem. Although only small, some of the tools are over £100 each. Trying to find a way to resolve this issue. They're all stowed away in their place, yet the team is still leaving things behind on site. I don't want to start charging them personally, but I'm struggling with alternatives as it's eating into our profits. Conundrum. Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind for that is to make sure, rather than being like, this vehicle has this many tools, be like, this is like assign it to a person, this is your toolkit. Yeah, so and you need to submit same. a request if there is anything that is missing from this, and then that request you have to pay for, but you could, but you make it so it's for them. Like, this is yours. What, and then you allow them to take it home and use it for whatever they want? Yeah, so be like, this is yours. That would mean giving them the van as well, though, which they might do, they might not do. Well, it's small small stuff, though. Small tools. Yeah, I mean, it might... I mean, it it might be that they only have a handful of small things, or it might be that they've got a van load of equipment, many of which are all these tiny fiddly things, and it's completely full, and that's why they're getting lost, because they're small and fiddly, and because there's 200 of them. Mm. But I think, like, I'm thinking similar lines to you in terms of charging people if they lose things. But because, like, something here and there, maybe once every six months, a couple times a year, isn't. I think you can be like, if you lose what something once, then we we'll just replace it if it happens multiple times. Yeah, but if people are losing things regularly, then I think you are right to charge them for it. But I think have as many mitigation procedures in place to avoid that so like they've said it's all laid out in the van they've got the place make sure everything has got its place set place in the van and do something like when team members are going between jobs if they're i take it they're going to have some kind of diary they're communicating with like the office to say right job one arrived job one completed job two arrived job two completed is part of that having perhaps a checklist that includes all tools in van ticks so if you've got so you're using some software, they arrive on site, they snap a photo to say arrived, get the job done, client signs off to say it's done, and then show the after photo or whatever it is if photos aren't relevant, but job signed off complete. And then part of leaving the job is you snap a photo at the back of the van to say van fully loaded, snap photo. Because then it's putting it in their minds to always check everything. But not only that, is if you do lose a piece of equipment, is you can try and retrace the footsteps to say, to work out where exactly it was lost which is like something I had with gardening is sometimes you would lose 
a piece of equipment, like especially like secateurs, are so easy to lose because they're just small and fiddly, and they can you like go in between bushes and that they fall out your pocket or whatever, or the holder, and you go between jobs and suddenly you're like, oh no, one of the five jobs I've done today, I've lost mm-hmm. the set of snips. Whereas if you were doing that each time, you might be able to see from a photo a little holder, and it's like, ah, oh, I know from job two, they're not in the back of the van, so that's where it must be. Advantage was, like, if you've got regulars, sometimes you end up back in the garden crawling through the bushes again. You're like, oh, there's the snips I left behind. But it is something that can be a simple mistake to make, but I think people, sometimes people will only learn the lesson when it hits them personally, financially. But I think if it is a problem that's coming up with the team, is do all you can to mitigate against it, like, as we said, checklists and such, and then sit down with the team and say, this is becoming a problem, and say, like, do you feel we've done everything as a business to ensure it's as easy as possible for you to keep hold of everything. Is there anything else we can do to help avoid this issue? And if they're all happy with that, say, right, now you're all happy to say the business is doing everything it can to support you and ensure that the equipment's there, you can't lose it and such. What we will say is anything above X you pay for because the business has done everything. Ultimately, it just comes down to, like, I don't want to say incompetence, that can be a bit insulting, but it is ultimately going to come down to incompetence. Someone's just left it behind, they've forgotten it. And all humans make mistakes, but sometimes you just have to be accountable to your mistake yeah. and fix it. And as an, em- an employee, sometimes that does mean if you lose your equipment, you're going to be paying out for yeah. it. But sit with the team and I think just do all you can to mitigate against it and just make sure the team is on board to say, yep, you've done everything. Because you don't want to get in a position in the future where the team member loses something and you're like, right, well, here's the £100 Deduction from your wages, and they go. Oh well, they're, just, they're not even supporting. Them. Like, oh, they make it so hard. Like, yeah, they've lost it all. You want them to go? No, do you know what? Fair enough. They literally couldn't do anything more. It was my own mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think that will yeah. fix it. Anything to add? No. No. I do think we've gone over that before, though, in previous. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say. I'm sure that was a similar. Yeah. It was a very similar story. We've touched on that a few times. I know we definitely talked about one. How can I help my staff through the cost of living crisis? I've got 25 employees on various wages but all struggling with the cost of living rising. What I find really hard as a business owner and being what I would say is a frugal person is seeing the spending habits of the team. I respect that they make their own choices with their money, but I'm starting to get pretty sick of team members coming to me requesting pay rises with the reasoning that costs are so high and they can't afford to feed their family or heat their home. When I see them with a cost of coffee every morning, smoking cigarettes and other similar unnecessary expenses. I'm not disregarding their issues. I feel it myself and then have had to make cutbacks. I don't buy clothes, don't eat out anymore, have cancelled all TV subscriptions for the family and we're not going on holiday this year. I know it's not my place to get involved in personal spending, but as I say, getting frustrated with these excuses. Interesting. Mm. I fully get where they're coming from. It feels like quite an emotional... I understand the frustration, but it's not your place to really comment. No, what but other people spend. Yeah, but obviously they've got I mean, the employees best, coming to them saying I like, "I need a pay rise." Your best tactic with that is sharing information um, regarding the living crisis. So, like, almost a bit of PR internally to be like, "Hey guys, we're all, like, this is what's currently happening in the current like." Um, I'd say climate is not really the right. Way. economic climate yeah um 
just kind of share information on it i think somewhat semi-regularly to make everyone feel like like everyone's in it together no one is excluded kind of get a conversation started with everyone i, I yeah. think being transparent and not with what you're willing to give people and that you're not going to give raises and blah 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 but being transparent to the crisis at hand is quite helpful like exposure to conversation around crisis and then like even a bit like oh this is an article i read it's got some really good tips in it blah blah, blah. But like, not, non-invasive information i think mm. very like subconsciously speaking to people but in terms of getting frustrated with what they're spending i understand it from a personal perspective professional's perspective don't poke your nose in yeah <laughs> just kind of share all of martin lewis's latest tips but i get it because like, i had a similar thing i mean i didn't have staff members coming to me wanting or asking for pay rises because they can't afford it did i because that wasn't a cost of crisis, though, no but i did it was more a case of i empathize with what they're saying because being around all the team and such i overheard things and like just conversations that came up and people saying about how they don't have enough money and such and can't afford but, things and would and i'm we might be in conversation i would suggest or it'd just be like someone might suggest or i might suggest something that would help them out like buying something or doing something fun and they might be like oh yeah it was funny i could afford it and whatnot and yeah but this applies like to personal relationships as well with in friendships groups where I've seen people be like, oh, I can't afford this, I can't afford that. But then I would, they would be people that are buying a 20 pack of fags every week. They're buying coffees every morning or multiple coffees throughout the day. I think what um, we isn't considered in scenarios is like this, is that I think things have changed a lot recently, but everyone's grown up and been taught, this is how you talk about money, this is how you behave at work, this is what you do say, this is what you don't say. And the conversations around money, like how you use language to talk about money, is, oh, I haven't got any money. Whereas that's not the case. You have money, I'm not prioritising what you're suggesting for me to prioritise. That's what it is at the end of the day, and people mm. are in their right to say that. Like for people that are spending money on food out every day, like um, coffees, smoking, all that stuff, it's like, well, you have the money, you're just reprioritising it. No judgement. Um, but I think language learn around how you discuss money <coughs> mm. is historically taboo whereas now i think we're kind of coming into like an era of it's okay to talk about your mental health it's okay to talk about money in fact it's encouraged to talk about money to make sure mm. that you're even like you're evenly playing the comp even na, 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 na. Oh my god! I keep this week. I keep having brain malfunctions. <laughs> I literally cannot. What was I even evenly distributed wage amount versus job? Yeah, is what the point I'm making? Yeah, I think my opinion on something though is probably I don't know controversial, but I think my experience living in the UK is I think people have become too entitled to a certain level of living. And when you come into times where there is much more pressure on the cost of living, I feel that people... And I think this a lot as well has come into, as well, like learning more about the history of finances, especially around like pension schemes and like mortgage rates, house prices, and like cost of living throughout the decades from like post World War Two, I was recently learning a lot about it. And one big issue is where we're all connected by the internet. 
is you can now see how everyone lives in this the whole concept of keeping or the old uh, term of like keeping up with the Joneses has become almost this worldwide thing of you can see how everyone's living scrolling through your phone and I think that has embedded this ideology that people deserve a level above what they could really afford and I mean a lot of things have come down in price like when you look at technology the idea like if you was to say 20 years ago what you can do on your phone and what you'd have access to on your TV or like what TVs would look like that would seem ridiculous and it would be like wow I'm surely only people that are gazillionaires yeah, can afford that changed, no but I think people were like, paid more now than them yeah but I think like when I have conversations with people and I've like in more personal settings where I've just have had conversations and said to people about cutting back or like not smoking and cutting back on like takeouts and cutting back on like the coffees and stuff and people are like oh yeah we've got to treat yourself and that and you can't just you can't live without living kind of thing and I think you can still live and have a lot of fun like the most fun I've ever had was often very cheap or just free and it's just about looking at things where start to eradicate it from your idea of spending because it's just not something that you're in the pay bracket because it i suppose it's like you do need to consider your mindset when it comes to if you're kind of on crunch numbers you do need to consider your mindset towards things i do think you should you are entitled to enjoy these moments you've just mentioned but also let's discuss that the three things that you've mentioned there are all addictive things smoking Mm. um coffee and i mean food is a necessity but like fast food and stuff it is addictive yeah. So, but then I mean, that's, applies, that's your kind of like. It applies the clothes as well, because like when I was. Yeah, but then all of like I don't know if it's well, like so many things all of the, the like hormones come out in your body when you've done a good, like done something good, mm. or like buying clothes, like all of that's addictive. All, all of the marketing is set up for it to be addictive. Oh yeah, I mean, the whole structure of society in the capitalist world, based around profits, is you're in you're in a losing battle as soon as you're kind of born because the world is structured in a way to try and encourage you and get you spending and buying all these unnecessary things that you don't need. And, like, is it really, like, don't get me wrong, around some people that are, like, struggling and whatnot, but to call it a crisis, I just think, check your privilege. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, to an extent. I completely emphasise where this person's coming from because I found it very frustrating when I could see the bad spending habits and, like, would have people complaining about those kind of things or would overhear people complaining about those kind of things. And also I had... I heard things from other people. It was more, it wasn't things that I overheard and it wasn't things that people said to me necessarily, but I overheard things from other people where they had heard like my team members or they'd spoken to my team members and said like, oh yeah, so-and-so made a comment about how you're pretty tight when it comes to spending money and whatnot. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and yet they looked inside the van and saw all these brand new tools that were top of the range that not many bits like and especially when I think of the equipment that we had and have like was equipment that I was kind of ahead of even the big companies investing in that equipment because I wanted to be as far ahead and like kind of buying the most sustainable equipment I could and getting the top of the range equipment and yet would overhear that team members think I'm quite tight when it comes to money yeah, and such and it's not getting the perspective but the UK that the understanding of what is a need and what is a want is kind of diluted now. And I don't think that's necessarily human's fault. Like, I think, like, we are just kind of brought up. Yeah. Or, like, we've just kind of come into the world having all these things in England and all, like, like, you are so... 
you've got so much to the point you're almost like short-sighted to what is actually yeah. the need and what is actually what and that's something that you have to consciously think about and consider yeah but as i said i think it's a big thing around time because like, i went through that when i was younger when i started my business and started making money like actually having money and stuff i would i was did go through a terrible phase around the time when we met and i bought like stupid expensive yeah clothes. i'm not excusing us either we've i mean no you, like you can't not fall into it yeah it's the unfortunate so I, thing i would buy stupid expensive clothes i mean i would budget so like say insurance was coming up and i budgeted two grand and i managed and i'm like right two grand is set aside for the insurance whatever i would get under that i would then see that money is already spent i'd be like right i'm gonna go buy myself something fancy and i'd buy yeah. some stupid expensive clothes uh but then I would have conversations with people that make like a hundred grand a year, and they're like, "I wouldn't consider myself someone that can afford those clothes," and yet you're going out and buying them. Have you not considered? Like, I'd have people telling me, "Like, you're buying these expensive clothes. You, you can't afford them. Like, you can't. Why are you buying them?" And I was just kind of—I didn't take it to her. I was being like, mm. "These people are understanding as well. Yeah, like, and what as they I'm, can and can't afford. Yeah, and as I've got older, I'm just like, "No, that is ridiculous." And now it's purely based on functionality. I'm wearing a Huel T-shirt right now. I got for free because I bought some Huel and it was all based around yeah. this is an investment in my health and it's all and it's like being able to consume nutrients at a really low cost shout out to Huel by the way give them a try no, it's, it's, it's putting it's, that it's perspective in of... and removing that sense of entitlement to you like you don't know human like look at your Maslowian needs as long as they're met you're kind of everything else above that is a luxury you don't need to have takeout at all you can plan your meals and be really cheap with it and like people say especially with us like going veggie and trying to be more towards like a vegan based lifestyle is a lot of comments I'd hear from people was, oh, I can't afford that. And like, oh, it's just so expensive though to go fish. It's like, no, it's just, they're literally vegetables. They're like the cheapest thing you can get hold of. Yeah. And like, you can grow them. Whereas the thing that is expensive is when you're like getting a takeout or when you go to a restaurant is often a veggie or a vegan option will be more expensive. Like when you go and get your coffee, if you want to go and get a latte, chances are to get a vegan plant-based option because you're yeah, having alternative that milk, that so would be more expensive. That like you have to pay mm. more. I mean, I've seen it a lot, lot less now, actually. Where, like, you yeah. have to pay more to get a milk alternative, and that's just so sad. Yeah, but then I'm seeing more places where they don't charge for the change, yeah. and you can get the alternative milks as part of the cost. But like, but when you break it down to what it is to have to go and get coffee and then milk, is you can just get some oats and make your own oat milk. You showed me the little video. Yeah. You do it. And it's like so easy, such a simple process. It's we should definitely have well. a go. And it's so cheap compared to what you could ever get weird cow pus juice for. <laughs> cow, cow's milk for. And, but it's just understanding the, like, it's, I think, understanding the entitlement and understanding, like, the levels of expense and, yeah, look at, like, you really don't need to buy. There's so many things that we do buy, you don't need to buy, you don't need to own. And yeah, just I think go it's back just to like more necessity. Mindset but, thing. And it's yeah. also, I think, a lot to do with, like, because you'll get, like, a, like, emotion, emotional, like, stimulation from buying certain mm. things. And oh, yeah, like, like, a, a Fine ways, yeah. like, kind of rush, which is good, and that is needed. Like, I'm not saying don't do that. Like, that, I do it. Like, it's, it's needed from every now and again. But then yeah. I think if you are really struggling with costs and whatnot, you kind of do need a mind shift to be like okay what's gonna bring me joy today which mm. i can just do with myself and then <laughs> i mean it just sounded like must be <laughs> um yeah like what what can like i did today it's kind of going to give me that like rush of like i don't know what hormone it is or whatnot but like, like that good feeling yeah um that isn't like external 
Like, it's, it's difficult because especially if you like hearing all this negativity about like living crisis and stories about people that can't afford things or like they they're really really struggling and then you're kind of like oh, okay well now that's just a bummer i don't want people to feel like that and it's like oh, okay i'm gonna make myself feel better i'm gonna go out and buy some clothes i'm gonna go out and get coffee i'm gonna go out and do this like it it is definitely give and take but it it, it comes down to a mindset of a want a natural what's an actual want and what is an actual need mm. and i think going back to this person's point though like they're saying they've got their employees and they're frustrated with that i think as you said look to <laughs> open myself <laughs> i think open up dialogue and try and don't be judgmental don't be forceful in saying what you should be doing issues just open the conversation and like one thing you can look to do is look to see if there's any support organizations around so when i was i did a thing with i can't remember the name of them but it was it was like in my local community it was like part of a council backed program where it was about health and well-being so they would work with your company your team would all fill out a questionnaire all anonymous and it was all around how are they feeling like mentally where are they like what are their I think it was around like financial as well but health more about what are their health habits do they go do they exercise regularly do they smoke all these kinds of things are they looking to quit do they want support with that and it was just about just engaging and understanding and yeah and starting to find out what they want and give them the resources yeah, to, to be help careful them with you, that. You don't push it because you don't, you don't want to push any of this. None, this no, none of and this I will is st- It's just yeah. about like small little encouraging introductions to yeah. things. I will disclose I did that and it backfired because yeah, a lot of my team just got pissed off at the idea of filling out this questionnaire about their health and well-being and they were like, I just want more money. But yeah, I was just trying just to... Just be careful <laughs> I introduce it. Just yeah. so you don't want it to be like... You don't want it to be caught out that you're doing it tactively. Yeah, and I think perhaps even having some honest vulnerability with the team, like sit down with them and be like, right, and kind of have an an idea of having a meeting and yeah. saying like, we're in a cost of living crisis, let's all review this and bounce some ideas around as a team because I want to make sure we're going to like get through this together we're and we're not feeling like, like no they keep coming, coming to down you, on it. Yeah, even if they're coming up to you asking for pay rises, even just like little small things where it's like, do a weekly food shop for your office or like do something where it's like yeah, they can have care packages so. or like get a really good coffee machine in the office like just little <laughs> things like that like a little bit of an investment but i think to like you could do boost morale yeah because I, I wanted to do things where i was going to do like monthly care packages or something where you'd have like a hello fresh subscription come in and then the team could take those meals home kind of thing or something just partner, like yeah partner up with a few other companies and yeah stuff. Just or even like a local, local farmer just local, get fresh like, produce so like your team can have free rice pasta vegetables yeah that they or can like take home. Pet, like a local like independent cafe i'm sure they've got food and shit going at the end of the week that they just can have it's just lost like <laughs> they money. give you food waste you give them some nice flowers or yeah. something to go in their cafe yeah stuff like, like, like that, that to help ensure that your team can but i think it's like going back to the meeting idea sit down and just say like we're in the cost of living crisis here is how the business is affected like hopefully you're fine you can say look we're healthy we're gonna we're gonna survive this like we haven't lost we've lost bits of business here but we're we're strong we're doing well your jobs are all safe my priorities so like this is what i did in covid i sat down and was like my priority is keeping everyone employed and keeping everyone working and so with that if we do lose work i'm not gonna let anyone go but in worst case i will just start to reduce hours evenly across the board uh, like i wasn't taking a wage at the time i don't think uh, or like that would be the first thing to go but as a team I wanted to make sure that everyone as a whole was looked after mm. as much as possible and even if 
as long as the business could sustain it, it'd be like, right, you'd be paid, but if we haven't got enough work in, it would be something like maintenance or training or like worst case, just go along and collect some litter or something on the streets, do something for the community or look to do other things. Can we help all work together to help build the business so that in the future we can prosper? That kind of thing. But I think open it up to more personal things like what are we struggling with? And so like they're saying there and say like me personally, uh, I feel like you might say something along the lines of like as a business owner, some of you might look and think, oh, well, it's all right for the business owner. They're the one running the show or whatever. They've got all the money. They're doing well and say, you might be open to say, look, yeah, I am very comfortable financially. However, I have cut back on this. And like you've, they've said there about all the cutbacks they'd make and like make that have that conversation and say I'll cut back on this I'll cut back on that here's all the things I'm reducing and yes I recognize I'm still in, terms in a place of the business you mean no no I'm saying like themselves personally so like as a, so you might say like as a business we've cut back on this but me personally as a business owner I've cut back on yeah. like family and I aren't having takeout anymore we we're not having a holiday this year probably won't have next year we're not buying the kids well no clothes, I don't stuff, think whatever. you can really go into too much I detail think around examples like that because be honest with it though i think i think be honest with it but i don't think like kind of go into that of a granular detail because like you as like the leader of all like of this team you've got like kind of set an example which things like that is like helpful and needed and being transparent with them but ultimately you're here for them and I mean I said lead by example so yes list the things but not I don't think go into too much detail you don't want it to be like well I'm doing all of this so you should be doing you don't no, want it to I don't like no that. so I think would in a way and say like here's myself personally and probably recognize your privileged situation say yeah I still recognize like as a business owner I've been financially successful and I recognize I have a level of privilege above that and my cutbacks and like the struggles I experience are going to be different to what yours are but I just wanted to open up this conversation to try and bounce some ideas around and let's go around as a, and hopefully you can sit down with us as a team and say look we've got managers here we've got directors here we've got uh, new employees we've got apprentices here we're all in different situations financially our circumstances of living are different some of us own a house some of us are renting some of us live with parents mm-hmm. live with family but I want us all to have this time to go around and just if you feel comfortable, share your concerns, share your vulnerabilities. Here's me as a business owner, like as your boss, I want to make sure I look after you all and try and make sure we're in the boat together and that no one feels isolated. But have that vulnerability and say, if there's anything you want to come to me personally with or any other support, I want to be here as much as possible because I recognise it's going to be a difficult time. But what are we struggling with or what ideas have we come around and found or what resources have we found? Is there anything like, if you're watching Martin Lewis, have you seen any great ideas he shared that save you some money or save you some time. whatever it is just kind of go around as a team and just bounce some ideas and then also as i said like look and say like as a business owner i'm trying to like additional work we're doing is trying to find more resources that are around to support you so like i said about the uh, health and well-being program that i found and was using with my team something like that you might see if you can find like cost of living programs to help with the team it might be a like get them access to certain foods for free or whatever or say like as you said care packages as something we're gonna find the money for is like getting working with local farmers or working with local cafe if they're gonna like get rid of food we can then bring it here and like give them some plants or something to way of like try and support each other in that mm-hmm. regards and in the kitchen we've got at the office i'm gonna start putting in more 
I'm going to get a HelloFresh deal or whatever so that there will be boxes here of food so that if people need the meals, they can have them at work or they can take them home for their family and yeah. be looked after a bit more. Or we're going to bulk buy loads of rice and pasta and vegetables and want you to help yourselves. Like, things like that. It's just, you're not... Hopefully then, you're not going to have your team kind of look at you like, oh, it's all right for the boss to say because... Oh, they're just gonna like sell their yacht and they won't go sailing this year, kind of thing. Like you don't want them to be thinking that, but try and be as real as you can with them and down to earth with them as possible. And be as honest as you can be, but understand yeah. you're leading that team. I so think just I think, of that. and don't go in with like yes, you're getting frustrated with it, but don't let that be the emotion that leads. Let the emotion leading be empathy and compassion yeah. with it. Hopefully that will help. Yeah. Okay. Is that the third one? Yeah. Okay. With the cost of living crisis, I'm wondering whether I should stop my marketing activity. I've had my business for six years. We're at 500k turnover and for the last couple of years have seen decent profits I'm happy with. With the current cost of living crisis, I'm trying to see to arrange 10% pay rises for the team. But most of the costs in the businesses are increasing and there's a limit to how much I can increase prices before customers start dropping off. With marketing, I've seen our results decreasing and the cost per new client has increased greatly. I'm thinking I should just cut marketing, perhaps stop looking for more growth and just try to weather the storm. Any advice? Wait, what's the actual question? What, what is the... So they want to stop their marketing? So they're debating whether or not to cut their marketing off completely. Because the marketing's too expensive? Well, yeah. So what they're seeing is whether they're using like Google you campaigns. You also said cost- 5k, not 500k, I think. We're at 500k turnover. I can't remember. I, I remember hearing 5k, maybe it was me. My thoughts with this, obviously it's great you want to, it kind of links in, I guess, to what we had in the story of helping staff through cost of living crisis with the expenses and such. So yes, look to secure those 10% pay rises for your team across the board, but also like sit down with the team, have a team meet and say, look, this is what we're trying to achieve as a business, but we've got to secure the finances and be in a position to offer it. There's no use us just giving a, 10% pay rise and then going bankrupt in six months time because we'll all be out of a job. Explain what you're doing to find those, find that extra capital, but also, as we said in previous story about sitting down and opening up a dialogue about other ideas around the cost of living crisis and anything that people have found helpful and things that they've cut back on or things that they found that they can get for free or other alternatives. and Or even just like bringing some positivity in it, ways that to Obviously, it feels like quite a dark time and it's something that seems to be all the concentration is around how expensive everything is, how unaffordable everything is and how miserable things are and how it's only going to get worse. Is more, what have you found to be really enjoyable? And say, mate, I don't know, people might say, oh, I've started going for a, a walk in the morning before I start work because I live in the countryside, whatever, and it's really peaceful and I can hear the birds singing. That brings me a lot of joy. Or it might be, oh, at the weekend, I've made sure to meet up with the family and we just have a picnic in a park. So we're not going out buying food we're just taking our lunch that we would have at home very simple very cheap very quick and we just meet up with the family because that's what's important to us and that makes it more enjoyable and brings us that sense of really living without having to spend any money for it and it might just be something that to bounce these ideas around and open that conversation helps people feel a lot better and Mm. gives them some ideas but yeah do what you can to bring in pay rises though it's only going to be helpful and people are going to appreciate it. I'd like to think everyone will be really appreciative of that and would like to hear the honest feedback of how as a business because as well if the business promises it you don't want to get in a point where people start saying oh well they've promised it but are they actually going to do it and 
a couple of months might go by and it doesn't happen and they're thinking, oh, they're all talking, they're not actually going to give us any more money. But in the reality, you've been working every week. So just maybe keep them in the loop, keep them updated and just, if once you set the goal, say when the goal is set for and then just, I'm going to update you each week or each month how we're doing with that. And it might be rather than 10%, you might say we're going to do 2.5% now, but we want to get to 10% by this mm. time. So you gradually increase yeah, their wages. Yeah, keeping the loop on growth plans. Yeah. But whether you should cut marketing, I think it's probably quite a dangerous thing like when the idea of cutting back in marketing through like pending recession or like cost of living crisis, I feel like it's more a time to double down on your marketing to ensure that in a time when all the businesses, a lot of businesses are going to be thinking about that exact thing of should we cut back on marketing, it means then that what was a very saturated market is going to become much quieter so you won't have to shout so loud or you won't have to spend so much money to shout so loud. But in addition to that, is can you be a bit more creative with your marketing and look at like all the marketing you've done before. If you've got, I don't know, 25 different ways of finding prospectives and inquiries or whatever it is, customers, is look at those different ways you gain them. Look at the associated costs and the, the, the have, well, you need to have the data, but the data on what the cost is per client with each different strategy and what the yeah. what the uh, success rate is when you get that inquiry. So like translating to my business, when I was doing loads of marketing activities to get new customers for my garden company, is we would do lots of activity on Facebook. Sometimes we'd do paid campaigns on Facebook, but they were terrible in terms of the results that they would bring in. Whereas when I looked at leaflets and other similar things, the results I could spend the same amount of money, but I would get a great many more leads yeah. and that would translate into many more customers. So try and be more refined with your marketing. So I don't think cut it off entirely. I wouldn't cut it off. Yeah, I don't think I'd I would just be more analytical of it. Because I think this is a thing with, I feel like this is why sometimes startups can do really well to just fly in and take over a marketplace and really disrupt it because they haven't got the money, they haven't got the resources, they've got to be so careful with every penny that they will be extremely resourceful and efficient with capital expenditure whereas big companies with huge marketing budgets will just say right well here's the million pound we've got for marketing this quarter go have fun spending it and they won't really look at well do we need to spend this money it's more a case of that money's allocated so just spend it on marketing and well, won't I think be... they'd still look, they at still it. look at it but i think when when you've got the money you spend it whereas when you've got no other option you've got to be it's the same way in terms of like if someone's starving, like if you haven't got the money to be able to go and get food, you're not you're going to be thinking about every penny and how you can get as much nutrients or be as full up as you can for the least amount of money possible. So you're going to be far more resourceful and you're going to be able to stretch those pennies further than when you've got a nice healthy budget to just go and get food. Whatever. You might think, well, I'm not going to bother preparing mm. food. I'll just go and get lunch out today. And so your efficiency in terms of how much money you're spending to get the nutrients you need, you're not even going to be thinking about mm. it. But you're still you're still going to get a good result. You're going to have a great lunch maybe even a better lunch, but you're spending more mm. for it. So I think that's something that, try and treat it more like that as if you've got no money and yeah, just be more resourceful with marketing in that way. Mm. Cool. Last one. I'm losing customers to a new large chain on the high street. Oh, damn. <laughs> I run a gym. We're a small local high street name. Been in the community for years. Business has always been steady, but we've had a large chain open up in the last year and it's really hurting us. We've lost regulars and I'm finding we're getting less people joining because of the new gym and as well as the increasing cost of living. We're welcoming to all and provide a great service. We have a good range of equipment and nice showers. Struggling how to save my business. Been putting 
a lot more effort into marketing, leaflets, discounts, social posts boosted, but not having much success. Ties in well to the previous one, I think. Mm. What I would actually do in that situation, if the your competitor's not that far away from you, I would actually almost do like a comparison of your competitor versus you and then see where you guys can, or you can challenge them, whether that's like a sign-up fee, as there's an admin fee for sign-up, um, monthly costings, hours you can enter the gym is it overnight is it not overnight like is it 24 hours um what equipment do you have what workshops do you put on what are the most popular workshops what what's the most what what your what your inquiries tend to be around like i think probably do a comparison of the bare basics of your business and the chain and then figure out where from there you can change it mm. and do you mean like in your marketing use that as a way to kind of because like when in um town near me Rochester one of the coffee shops there on their boards whatever put like cost a lot less <laughs> which I thought was really clever and obviously is like I'm talking about it now so obviously it was engaging and it drew that's in people's attention I don't know I mean that's that's funny so I feel like that's fine but you don't but know, it, like, yeah so are you saying business. are you saying if you've got a big chain no, are you saying, saying like say here's our monthly no, fee here's their monthly I'm, fee and use that as your advertisement no, or are you just I don't saying think you, look don't, at don't them study it, them and don't, improve don't use it as advertisement that's not what I'm saying don't yeah. use it as marketing because I think that's bad practice and people won't like that if you use that for your marketing I mean that's funny that's done very nicely cost a lot less um, but no I think that's bad practice to publicly slander mm. alternatively of um yeah a competitor but no i mean you just kind of sit there and be like okay this is the the monthly fee this is the sign up fee these are the hours these are the classes and then kind of just see where the comparison is and see where you can challenge them whether say like they're like 24 7 and you're not um figure out if that's something that, you, that that can like be challenged or figure out your statistics or what are the most popular time slots like if you do a membership based on you can come to the gym dr- drum <laughs> you can come to the gym during these hours and these hours and these hours if there's one hour that is particularly more popular maybe bring down that membership fee mm. yeah i think it sounds like in this situation it sounds like business has been fairly easy and they haven't had to work too hard whereas now there's this kind of competition it, you could argue healthy competition like from a customer's perspective this is healthy competition now i mean they said like they've got lovely environment and they've got good like showers and stuff do they think that do their customers think that? And now are the customers going over to the the big chain that's that's opened up because there's nicer showers and because it's nicer facilities, or is it more a case of brand recognition? They're just like, well, I know it. Anyway. And I feel like if people have been at your gym and their customers, they wouldn't move over because of the brand name. They're more likely to move over because the facilities are better or what they're offering is. Oh better. yeah, I'd also say maybe get a day's um, trial there and just go see. What oh yeah, like. definitely go and have an experience there. But I'm just yeah. a couple of things I noted in there scenario or like writing is we're welcoming to all one thing i think there is maybe if you're just like when you say who's your customer oh anyone well if you're looking for anyone and everyone you're going to get no one kind of thing whereas if you can refine who your target audience is and but then work in that niche, a, a gym doesn't have a target audience well, yeah because you get gyms where i mean uh, unless it's a specialist gym. i'm trying to think in like my hometown i think there's something like the ironworks or something so you go there and it's it's like proper i don't know i'm not a gym person obviously uh but this is like proper lifting heavy weight so the clientele that they're getting in and out of there are people that are massively built 
they're lifting ridiculous weights. That's their clientele. I don't know. I quite like the fact that it's inclusive, though. It's yeah. Welcome well, to and all. another one in my hometown is a ladies-only gym. So the whole essence around women perhaps feeling like uncomfortable in the gym and want to be somewhere where they're away from men kind of thing. Mm. Uh, so they're promoted as a ladies-only gym. So then obviously you're, you're rejecting half the potential customers yeah. there. But by rejecting half... Your, the other half that remains are greatly increasing mm. your chances that they're going to want to use your facilities because of that niche. Yeah. And that's perhaps look to do something like that with your gym. So what is it? Is it perhaps a lifestyle? Is it the fact that you've got certain facilities or what niche can you refine into that could perhaps allow you to concentrate on that? Uh, another thing I thought is with your marketing, perhaps look to be a bit more clever around how you can without spending money or with spending minimal money, look to get some great results. And just a few few examples on that. I think uh, the f- like the founder of Thursday Dating App guy, George, he managed to get an investor in for like, I think it was like 25 grand or something. Because he stood... Your voice broke then. <laughs> he stood in um, somewhere in London outside like a Lamborghini showroom or something with a cardboard cutout, like saying about, don't buy this car, invest in my company. And ended up someone walked past and was like i'm so impressed with what you're doing yeah, here you do, like, i'm gonna invest 25 grand in your business yeah and like another similar one is like bumble the, the story behind that of how they managed to build such a strong customer base was around getting into fraternity houses and uh what are they called frat houses and sororities sororities getting into them and working with students and like giving them free t-shirts or paying them like a hundred bucks to like walk around and disturb classes with these t-shirts on and stuff and put posters up being like uh, no Instagram no Facebook no Bumble banned on site whatever and so you're associating your brand with those big brands so then it starts to build this recognition and that's like such a cheap way of marketing and like a similar uh, one thing I think it was Red Bull when they came to the UK to get more recognition and to to see to to kind of I want to say manipulate, but maybe not manipulate, but to, in order to build a kind of this brand awareness is they filled bins in London with empty cans of Red Bull. And it's just this subliminal messaging of as people are going and putting rubbish in the bin, they're seeing mm. all of these empty Red Bull cans. And that, like subconsciously, it's going, ah, clearly people are enjoying these Red Bull cans because I'm these, this Red Bull because I'm seeing them in bins everywhere. So clearly people are drinking them. Maybe I should get one. Uh, yeah. So things that I mean, that's quite expensive to just, like, well, just manufacture. Like, loads it sounds of really silly, but I always think this is really effective. Like just stickers, just get your logo and your sticker. There was um, oh, I cannot put, think. Put it around the place. Yeah, I cannot think. I mean, that's really. I think that's really effective. Yeah, there's a thing. Oh, it's a toaster. I can't remember what it is. I might have said it the other day, but it was like these two. I think it was a guy or two guys that have this just like clothing brand and they made stickers and it's something to do with a toaster but they went absolutely viral because they would just send out their stickers to every customer and they would just send their stickers to people all around the world and it ended up that their stickers were just covering the globe and they built up yeah, this huge I brand recognition like that. through that it, i feel like it doesn't work so much now because it, it's a saturated it's a bit like influencer marketing like people before influencer marketing existed, people with huge followings, suddenly someone would be like, oh, can you shout about our brand on Instagram or something? We'll give you $100 or 100 quid. And they'd be like, holy, what? People are going to pay me money. Whereas now, influencer marketing is this entire industry and it's recognised that people have their own agencies for it and you can't just drop a message to someone to say, could you shout about my brand? Because it's, 
everyone's doing that to them every day. Mm. Uh, and again, well, that goes back to that. You like, host, like, if you do are especially a student or looking to do that, mm. you could host, like, competitions and stuff or, like, work. Yeah, try and have more or, fun with it. Or, like, um, just loads of races, like, mud run, nuclear um, race, like, like, kind of see if you can get in to those kind of places. Yeah. And as well, like well run, things like that. If you can get a stand there or anything. Mm. And as well, like my the little bit I know about gym, the gym business model is a lot of the reliance on the money and such is not necessarily about customers. It's about people that it's just about members. So there'll be a lot of people that pay membership and don't go, mm. which mm. I guess is a negative. You don't want to manipulate people into spending money, but try and increase the offering that you have. But I mean, if that is part of the membership, is look at especially if you're marking around New Year's and how many people are thinking, right, it's a new year, I've got to get into the gym, I've got to start taking my health and fitness more seriously and things around like the Couch to 5K, like branding and marketing around that. Yeah. It's, it's installing the idea that people that don't go to the gym, it's giving them that booster to say, we welcome you here. You, like most people don't go to the gym. So if you're welcoming those people in, in a kind, welcoming way, it's going to help entice them in compared to other big names and such. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? I mean, I don't know if we answered too much about like the cost crisis, but I think don't think stickers cost much. Well, it's more I'm a really case of yeah. So they're struggling with the amount of money, like what it's costing them in marketing to get people in, and then just they're finding that people aren't sticking around. So again, we've I guess we haven't spoken much about that loyalty. And well, if you've got first, a churn rate, reducing that churn rate. Yeah, the first thing you've got to look at is the competition of the road. Yeah, definitely go look at see what are there. Yeah, what are they and, offering? And then How you kind you of better? address what is appropriate. Appropriate. I feel like I'm saying that really funny. Um, to spend based on cost crisis and um, competition of the road. Yeah, just trying to provide as much valuable and try and make it something that when someone becomes a member. It doesn't stop there. The value keeps increasing with time. So maybe look at doing incentives for loyalty. Like after six months, it's this. Yeah. After 12 months, it's this. Or our, I mean, this, because this is something I think that frustrates me with businesses. A lot of them will do so much to get new customers in. But not keep them. Yeah. It's a bit like with banking. Like how many banks are like, oh, get a hundred pounds to switch over to us. It's like, okay. But yeah. what about like my bank? I'm like, I've been with you for years. Yeah. Why, aren't you, why don't like, you just really say, here's a hundred pounds, you've been with us for 10 years. To like build up a rapport with them. Even like the case of like, obviously you probably do PT sessions. Even just like have your PT walk around a little bit and correct people's form that isn't in PT session. Like I know I would appreciate that. I go to the gym quite regularly. And there was a PT to come up to me and be like, oh, just because your form is like everything. And if you're not doing your form yeah. correctly, then you're not really going to get the results that you're trying to get from that movement. So even just like kind of building the rapport with people. So like, PTs go up and say like I'll just tweak this slightly even if it's not like just kind of building that relationship is like really good for yeah. keeping loyal customers and even just little things around like the census for example like when people come in and walk through the door have you got like an overhead fan that's blowing in some warm air especially in the winter so the first feeling people get when they walk in your gym is oh isn't that warm Mm. Whereas not like in the gym bit, like in no, no just literally in, in the, the gym foyer. bit. If you was to blow hot air everywhere, oh no, yeah, it'd be terrible. Uh, or little things like in the showers when they go to walk in the shower in the bathroom. Have you got some like fragrances in there? So when they go into the shower room or the bathroom, toilets, yeah. whatever, the first like what's your experience gonna be like when you open something? It's like this burst of. I don't know, fruity, flowery fragrance. You think, oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, or even like set up competitions, like mm. the, the how fast can you go on the 
stair master or like what's your distance and things like that and like almost have like a scoring board yeah and as well you have that but also things with around loyalty like our longest standing customer is so and so with this or those kinds of things like think i think like a genius thing that a lot of the supermarkets do or i know sainsbury's do with the nectar points is you get this and like spotify do it now as well with you get your annual breakdowns because there's so much data around it they can show you what mm. your annual breakdown is like with spotify do it with like your most listened to artists they do it with like how much time you spent listening to them yeah. and such where you came in terms of the global fan like if you listen to I don't know, drake all the time where you are ranked in terms of who listens mm. to drake the most or even like if you um if you could, but, if, if you do if you like like clock into the gym fifteen times in one month, you'll get a free PT session. Yeah, well, if you've got all of that data, you can then start as like as, as the same with like the whole Spotify thing, or like you can do, you get it with the next card of like you can see what percentage you spend on fruit and veg and treats and sweets and homeware that kind of thing and it's just really interesting to have all of that and see how you're scored on it so if you can do that within the gym so you can see like oh you came to the gym this amount of time you clocked in and clocked out so you spent x amount of hours this week this month and rank it and see like here's who spent the most time in the gym who's who and if you even if you could start to put it into the equipment where people can when you arrive at the gym maybe you tap into the equipment like when you're on the running machine you just tap something so yeah, i was that, literally just thinking that yeah so then as a gym you know when people are using certain pieces of equipment and people so can look back on it as well like yeah so you can see a see like pie chart and be like you yeah. spent x amount of time on cardio you spent x amount of time on core you spent x amount of time on arm like all those kinds of things so then you are able to give such a good breakdown of i feel like we, that's a really weights thing. would be really hard to do yeah though. it's You've It'll got a section like off and you just yeah easier. weights will be hard to figure out but anyway but yeah but you can still have like when you go over to the weights rather than it's just you have kind of like this block system where if you just I don't know I suppose I don't know how many sections you'd have but if you had like a line of running machines or you had a line of cardio equipment and it was all in this like yellow square and there's the enter the yellow square zone you just tap on the tap on this bit to clock in and tap on it to clock out and then you have the arm the I don't know strength training whatever and it's like well, i suppose though you'd use weights for core you'd use weights yeah, for arms whatever it is but if you could find a way to break it down so that people can see all of that data that would be something really interesting really cool and i feel like we should sell this idea to the big chains now but yeah, yeah but I, someone must do it right uh, i don't know but i feel like that would be a huge way to build some value for people and build that loyalty so people stick around year after year and it would incentivize them to keep coming to the gym because they want to get that information. And people yeah. love a good gamification and competition with it. Yeah. Cool. I think we've smashed that one. That was really cool. cool. Let's go get food. I'm hungry. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.